welcome to episode 16 of Continuous Quality Compliance. Today I'm talking about Regulation 15, Premises and Equipment. I do realise that the regulations are not the most exciting. However, they are important and if you get this right, it helps to have a great inspection. CQC are not prescriptive but they do love innovation and out-of-the-box thinking, although you would think otherwise when you try and navigate their website. CQC write in the regulation that the intention of this regulation is to make sure that the premises where care and treatment are delivered are clean, suitable for the intended purpose, maintained and, where required, appropriately located and that the equipment that is used to deliver care and treatment is clean, suitable for the intended purpose, maintained, stored securely and used properly. They also say that providers retain legal responsibility under these regulations when they delegate responsibility through contracts or legal agreements to a third party. Independent suppliers, professionals, supply chains, or contractors. So that covers all different aspects that you may get involved in. So you, as the regulated provider, have to make sure that you meet the regulation. What does this mean in practical terms? Well, for instance, if you've got cleaners coming to your premises, and even if they are a professional cleaning company, you can't assume they know what they are doing and meeting the CQC requirements, cost requirements, etc. So you are responsible for making sure what the expectations are. Whether the person using the service owns the equipment needed to deliver their care and treatment or the provider does not provide it, the provider should still make an effort to make sure that it is clean, safe and suitable for use. So just because the equipment doesn't belong to you and it belongs to the service user doesn't mean you don't make sure it's clean. So for instance, when my parents had care at home, I expected the uh, carers to make sure that the table they ate from was clean and it was quite clean before they gave them their meal. Now, I do know this wasn't always the case. A few years ago, I went to support an aesthetics clinic. And this was actually around preparing the clinic owner, who was also a doctor, to meet the requirements of his appraisal. But they also wanted help with the operation side of the business. So after asking a few questions, spending some time, having a look at their processes that they had put in place, I picked up on poor stock keeping, but also not having a robust enough cleaning regimen for the equipment. One piece of, of equipment was full of gunge, I think it was wax. I insisted that the piece of equipment was decommissioned until it was cleaned, and then it must have a cleaning regimen to stop this happening again. In respect to stock keeping, I saved him hundreds of pounds. He was not moving stock around, so I ended up with medical items that were expired, which then he would have to get rid of. These were not cheap items. 
he had no process for ordering and checking what items needed to be replenished. So I developed a simple Excel sheet for him to use. Um, his wife was very happy because he, she had told me that he never listened to people about the stock taking. The CTC outlined that all premises and equipment used by the service provider must be A, clean, B, secure, C, suitable for the purpose for which they are being used, properly used, properly maintained, and appropriately located for the purpose for which they're being used. The appropriate location, you obviously wouldn't put a clinic on an industrial estate unless it's a large estate and would help the people. The registered person must, in relation to such premises and equipment, maintain standards of hygiene appropriate for the purposes for which they are being used. So there's a lot of things for you to bear in mind of what you need to do. If you're in a rented space and the landlords are responsible for the cleaning, you still need to ascertain the cleaning regime and make sure it meets your needs. And if it doesn't, then you know you need to have that um, conversation with the landlord. The other thing you need to bear in mind is that you do have to use appropriate cleaning methods and agents. So that's where the cost uh, policy comes in. It's really important to have a cleaning schedule that's appropriate for the level of care and treatment being delivered. And you do need to have this as evidence for the CQC. So you should have a cleaning schedule where, where the cleaners sign it to say they've done whichever cleaning you're setting them to do. And the registered manager should really be monitoring the level of cleanliness as well. And they are expected to um, identify any shortfalls and deal with it. You also have to make sure that the staff with responsibility for cleaning have the appropriate training. In relation to premises, um, if you do have any form of surveillance, so CCTV, you do have to put signage up and you do have to notify people of the purpose of using the CCTV. And it has to be done in the best interest of people using the service while you know being mindful of their responsibilities for the safety of staff as well if you want to look at current guidance there is guidance on the CQC website about surveillance and on the um, information commissioner's website as well the CQC asks that premises are fit for purpose um, they are in line with statutory requirements and they really should take account of national best practice you also have to check that your layout of the premises is suitable for the service you're providing and it can accommodate the number of people you think are going to get come through the door. You should also have adequate support facilities so make sure you've got enough toilets in place for the size of premises you have. You should have adequate storage as well. The number of times I've seen inadequate storage and things just being piled up in a corner, which is not very good in terms of health and safety. And when you are going into new premises or updating premises or having work done, please do take into account the patient pathway, 
what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So look at the design, the build, how you're going to maintain it, how you're going to adopt it. And if you can, take views from people who are going to use it. You also have to make sure that people are able to easily enter and exit premises and that they can find their way around easily, so good signposting. Even with premises, you still have to make sure you're meeting the Equality Act 2010. And if you do make any alterations to premises or equipment, again, you've got to make sure that they're in line with current legislation and guidance. If you can't meet the guidance, then you should have appropriate contingency plans and arrangements to mitigate the risk to people using the service. So if you are in a rented accommodation and you can't make changes, then how are you going to mitigate circumstances for the people using your service? The premises and equipment should be able to meet the people's needs, the service users' needs, basically. And also, when you design the premises, you also have to make sure that you're able to cover their privacy and dignity and confidentiality as well. So make sure that's not compromised. You also have to make reasonable adjustments when providing equipment to meet the needs of people with disabilities. Again, in line with Equality Act 2010. You should be doing regular health and safety risk assessments of the premises, including grounds and equipment at least every six months to a year and you should make sure that you've got suitable arrangements for maintaining and renewal of any contracts you have for maintenance um, for both the grounds and the equipment and you also need to make sure that staff are operating any equipment have proper training in it there are proper manuals available for them that you have the policies and procedures in place and the standard operating procedures so uh, the staff know exactly what they should be doing with any piece of equipment they have. They need to be competent and skilled to use whichever equipment they're using. Don't forget to class a laptop, IT, as a piece of equipment. The time, many times I've seen where staff do not know how to use IT. Uh, the owners assume that staff will know how to use IT and there's a big gap between what the staff are being asked to do and what they are competent enough to do. So when I work with clients, I usually get them to do a competent IT competency check, have a list of competencies and I've designed one for some of my clients. So they can check with their staff the level of competency before they introduce new uh, software, for instance, or new hardware. Training is obviously crucial. You, in terms of premises, you also have to make sure you're meeting the prevention and control of infections. So it's a good idea to look at the Health and Social Care Act 2008 Code of Practice for Health and Adult Social Care on the prevention and control of infections. That's really good guidance that you should be looking at. You should be looking at whether you need to do deep cleaning at times. You need to make sure that you've got proper equipment 
to decontaminate items that are multi-use and proper sterilizers in line with legislation and guidance and manufacturers instructions. They expect equipment to be cleaned or decontaminated after each use and between use by different people who use the service. Obviously, single-use, single-person devices must never be reused or shared. And staff must know and understand the risk to people if they do that. And again, if you are thinking of making a CQC application, you can buy my book on Amazon, it's called Outstanding, and it's had all five-star reviews. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review the podcast. Do subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes.